Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer, and joining me is Jeremy Bratitich. Happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. Happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. Did you did you see the Final Fantasy VII remake Twitter account tweet? Uh, I didn't. You I didn't. didn't. I one. posted it in the document for us to look at because we. Uh, let me, spoilers let me for the episode, everyone. We are going to talk about Kingdom Hearts, uh, but uh, yeah, the Final Fantasy VII remake Twitter account um, posted a. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, a happy twentieth anniversary, stunning. and it's Cloud standing in front of the gigantic moon shaped like a heart, like the first game cover, or the second game yep. cover. Yeah, yeah. First, first game. Yeah. Uh, except instead of Sora, it's Cloud standing on parts of Midgar. Um, nice that uh, that is kingdom hearts right there in the back i thought kingdom hearts was the door we'll get there <laughs> 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 would you of- like <laughs> would you like mm, we'll get there actually never mind we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, you this one's gonna be back. really unhinged folks this one's gonna be really unhinged yeah it's okay though we're gonna give you a normal first half and then and then we're gonna we're gonna dive right into the to the topic of the show which just is dive into the heart oh, it's a yeah. thing that you do in kingdom hearts you dive into heart mm-hmm. but you also unlock it and also there's a door yes and there's black cloaks uh speaking of things you've recommended me jeremy um Something I actually did, as opposed to play Kingdom Hearts, is uh, mm-hmm. I've watched five sixths of the Xbox doco that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking oh, about yeah. E3 um, conferences and stuff like that. Um, episode five of six is the the episode about the Red Ring and the Xbox 360 launch, and mm. you watch that episode, and it's like, how did they survive this and still? dominate that generation and the answer is twofold it's because playstation really fucked up yeah but and but then they also handled it really well in terms of like free refunds and all that but wow they were talking like millions of consoles that were broken because they just didn't know what was wrong with them it was very serious it was a really it was a it was a really poor product launch initially Mm. Mm. my xbox red ringed very briefly for a moment Briefly, I but yanked, then not again. Yeah, I yanked uh. out the power cable. Um, after I saw it go red because it was at my feet. Um, because like it, my, the the screen stopped, and then I looked at my Xbox to see if it was still on, and it was red. And so I yanked out the power cable that my feet were resting on, like it was infected, um, kinda. <laughs> and I, and then I thought it was fine. That's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, it's it's weird. Oh my god. I just noticed what you did in the doc. So for those who aren't aware, we've, 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 we've got like a, a breakdown of topics and we try to like stick to like how long we think we're going to do each one. And then for yeah. the topic of the show right now, it says Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary. And then the estimate is for how much time it's going to take is infinity. It's the infinity symbol. <laughs> I did Google how to get that symbol because I don't know how to, I don't know the ASCII key for it. Yeah, totally. I always love that when it's like E with an accent and I just like copy it and I'm like, man, I hope this font that I'm using in Premiere has E with the accent. Yep. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Or when it doesn't, you're like, oh, fucking what do I do now? Yeah. And I have to change my entire font across my entire. Yeah. Yeah. 
Enough about that. We're going to talk about some video games. Uh, this is minimap.com.au's weekly podcast. You can go there to find this podcast, all other 98 episodes of this podcast. That's right. This is episode 99, episode 100 coming up next week, which we've definitely planned for extensively. Absolutely have planned for. We, Me- we, we planned that episode 100 episodes ago. Yep. We, we planned for it. When we were doing our episode zero that no one's ever going to listen to because it was terrible, we were thinking about our 100th episode. So... Uh, this is true yeah everything we've said is true (laughs) you can go there to find every other episode of this podcast as well as our other podcasts like the pecking order which is our pop culture kissability ranking podcast and uh uh mini disc which is our game club uh special episode thing we're toying around with an idea of maybe doing some adjacent games media properties for that maybe some watch the halo tv series and then talk about it in mm. relation to the to the games and how it goes or maybe uncharted or sonic or or max Payne is the other one you were saying all the all the Wahlberg <laughs> ones I was, um, I was going through all the all the ue bowl movies that he made and there's so many ue <laughs> so many are terrible he's a director oh right I, I, I actually don't know how to say his first name it's ew um or is it U-W-E? Yeah, U-W-E-B-O-L-L. Maybe it's U-A. It's yeah, probably U-A. U-A. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's made many, many video game movies, including most recently. You know, they made a movie about Postal. Oh, really? Oh, no. Recently? <laughs> oh, maybe that wasn't recent. Maybe that's just one of these. Most- oh, no, that was 2007. He did a Far Cry movie. ancient. He did the Postal movie. He did, uh, what else we got? We got Rampage. That's a game? Yes. Um, An arcade game? Not that Rampage. Um, uh, House of Evil is a zombie game, I think, like an arcade one. It's fascinating that they decided to keep putting them out. Right. Uh, so yeah, we're tossing around that idea. We might, not sure if we'll get there or not, but just floating that out there. Um, be on the lookout for that if it happens. And if it doesn't, I, well, I've told you to be on the lookout for it. So I, I don't know where that leaves you. I'm so sorry. Uh, we also wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv as the music for the Minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. And the Moog Model D Improv is from their YouTube channel. Uh... Jeremy, we've got we've got a, a sort of a main game that we're going to talk about. I, li- I like this week because I feel like it's a return to a, a, a what we've been playing section that we haven't done in a while where the games we've been playing are games we've been playing together a lot. Um, I feel like we've been doing a lot of like, oh, you've been playing Gran Turismo and I've been playing Elden Ring and you played Horizon and, and like trading back and forth. Mm. But I want to start us off with an update to my computer. 10 days ago. Windows 11. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) Um, 10 days ago, something miraculous happened. RTX 30 series NVIDIA graphics cards returned to basically retail price in Australia. Um, And so that means that I was able to comfortably buy, as in, like, I've been saving for it. I was able to buy... um, an RTX 3080 for my computer, which means that my computer that I bought all the new parts for like literally six months ago, a new case, new motherboard, new CPU, which has been great for editing, hasn't been that great for games, is finally 
basically fully complete. I've got a brand new GPU in there and it kicks but it's so good. And the reason it's so good is because I've got this new monitor as well, which I've spoken about a bit for the, and I, but I, I haven't really been able to run it through its paces because the only thing that can really, before getting this new graphics card, the only thing I could really um, test the, the 4K and high refresh rate capabilities of the display with were the new generation consoles. And honestly, there aren't that many high refresh rate options that are that impressive on console, I would say. I tried Ori and I just didn't notice it like at all right i mean like i noticed that immediately okay um on my on my 120 hertz telly um i don't know like, like I, I i notice it on consoles but yeah like the, there are not many games that do support 120 hertz because it has to be running at 120 fucking frames totally totally um, which, which is, is a lot not common tetris oh is that Let's high refresh rate I believe, I believe so. Ooh. Tetris Effect 120 FPS. Uh, sure isn't. Uh, I don't know yeah, I that makes sense. It's good in 4K. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great in 4K. It's got really good HDR. Um, yeah. I think Mass Effect did. Mass Effect might do high refresh rate with the with the upres with the with the update. Yeah. Um, I haven't like, got that installed a- on anything yet though. There was a bunch that got like FPS boosts that are like older games. So you can go back through and play like Jedi Fallen Order, I think is one of them, for example. Oh, that's fun. Some of like like Mad Max and some of the Lego games and stuff. I I tried Titanfall to do the FPS boost and honestly, I didn't notice that either on the Xbox. Maybe I've got it configured wrong or something like that. I was going to say, I think you you might have it configured wrong only because I definitely noticed it on Titanfall too. Well, that's the thing. And when I, I mentioned it because when I activated the 144 hertz on my GPU... I mm. did notice that immediately. And I did the thing that people talk about where it's like you use the mouse on a 60 hertz monitor and it's like fine and you move it over to the, the 120 hertz yeah. monitor and it's like, oh, it's like instant feedback. Like there's no trails behind it. There's no, it's just, yeah. it's such a quick and easy way to be like, whoa, look how different it is. So what I did with this GPU to really test it out, I, I really wanted to try Halo, but I, I didn't get the time to. Uh, but what I did with this GPU to test it out was um, ran Apex. I've been running it in like 1920 full screen on this big monitor on my 980. So like texture quality is real low, like draw distance is real low. If I've got a sniper, I like zoom in and then I literally lean in so I can like get some, <laughs> can figure out what the pixel clarity is. I'm like, what is that? in the, I, I can't tell what that is. Yeah. Um, so it's been really, really cool to run that game at a high refresh rate at 4K. And honestly, as soon as I jumped in, I noticed an immediate difference to my performance in terms of my skill, in terms of my aim, in terms of how I was shooting in the game. Like, So I, I just need to interrupt very quickly to say that Untitled Goose Game runs at 120 FPS on the Xbox Really? <laughs> yes, it does. That's, That's very funny. So funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes complete so, sense. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it could probably do it so handily. Yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you do it? It's for that uh, that eSports Goose Game. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's... I, the, instantly noticing a difference with my performance, felt it felt so good. Like picking up a gun at the start of a match that I normally rubbish with, like the Prowler that's burst fire, and melting people with it, getting multiple kill games back to back to back, like over multiple nights. I didn't have like an off night and then finally a night where I was like on. Like it was just like, it just kind of 
worked. It was just, it just worked for me. Like, I don't know. There was just something about it. It just, it, it immediately makes a difference. And as you said, Jeremy, like Linus Sebastian and Gavin Free say, it has been tested to make a difference. <laughs> just still can't believe it was your first thought when I said that, but. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's it, to the point where like I want, and, you know, we do this with each other all the time, right? Right, Where you got your new telly and the new consoles is like, oh, I want to see HDR 4K, high refresh rate stuff on your telly. That's cool. Like, I want you to come over and try high refresh rate PC Apex and see how you feel with it. Because it honestly felt so markedly different so instantly. I'm, like, struggling not to recommend that other people, like, just don't go and buy this. Because you can get 144 hertz 1080p monitors for fairly cheap, like... Two to two fifty yeah. in the realm of monitors is really decent. It made such a difference. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've done it before. Like I've been on high performance high performance PCs before with, you know, like bloody screens that are named after dinosaurs and like you know <laughs> graphics processors that are named after like teeth, but like it's. You know, like I've I've been to packs. Yeah, I know what <laughs> um, you mean. Yeah, like and like like it's good. It is good. Um, I think I want to wait because I want to know what. And this is like this is going to be me waiting a while. Maybe I want to know what the next thing is after OLED. <laughs> oh, dude, what? Why? <laughs> because a lot of companies are working on it. Okay. Because a lot of them are, uh, are, are they're they're, they're worried of burning a lot of, a lot of companies. Sure. So they they want to find the next one after OLED. But aren't you more likely because OLED isn't really a highly adopted thing in the monitor space because because of that. Yeah. There are so many OLED TVs, but you don't see that many OLED monitors. Yeah. And there's a burning. Like, is that would you have had an OLED monitor by now if that wasn't the case? Because you've just kind of got three. <laughs> bog standard 1080p monitors yeah i, I bought those because they were cheap because they were like less than they're like 180 dollars each right so if you're like buying um, cheap monitors why are you waiting for the next biggest greatest thing i bought these years ago now i bought these like three or four years ago um the next monitor i want to buy i want to have like to me like the uh, uh, HDR is more important than refresh rate. Okay, interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. Mm. I like I get weird like feel like I I get like kind of wigged out a little bit cuz I'm so used to playing my Xbox on my on my OLED TV. Mm. The moment I plug it into my monitors I'm like, "Oh, flat." <laughs> LDR. <laughs> yeah, flat colors. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. Okay. Whereas I can go back and forth between 120 and 60 like FPS all the live long day. Totally. And like I'm I, I can as well. Um Yeah. It's just funny the difference it made. I did I didn't expect it. Uh but where I really didn't really notice the difference was in the game that we played ten hours off straight yesterday, Jeremy. Um or I did. <laughs> you, you you came in a little later, but we we all went in pretty hard on this. Um yeah. So during the week, there was a Humble Bundle that was uh, for all the proceeds were going towards uh, charities supporting the uh, Ukraine. Um, and in that bundle was a whole lot of stuff. Back for Blood and Metro Exodus 
and Satisfactory was one of the ones at the top of the list too, which is a, a game that's in early access, developed by Coffee Stain. Um, I want to say it's something to do with Factorio, or maybe it's more that Factorio is about factories and Satisfactory is about factories. I think that's the only link there. Um, I want to say someone made Satisfactory and they made something before that that I also know, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but Satisfactory is this sort of third per- no, first-person pseudo-survival game. There's no, like, health... Well, there's one health meter, but there's no, like, hydration and exhaustion meter or, like, dirt meter or anything like that or temperature. Mm. But Or stamina. Of, yeah, but you, like, land on an island and you need to gather resources to build facilities and um like mineral processing plants and stuff like that you need to build a factory in satisfactory um and it's a real slow opening and like we were starting it the idea was um because a lot of us got this bundle it was hey let's on sunday at midday all jump into satisfactory together we'll play as long as we play um and you know a couple of us started a bit later than others and i was like oh should i just jump in and hang out with you guys and i can ask you questions they're like no 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 do the first like do the first like 20 or 30 minutes in the in the introduction because like it's a little it's a little technical <laughs> and it's a pretty good tutorial yeah yeah it is it's better than astroneers that's for sure um astroneers the tutorial it was really bad it was terrible I don't remember. um so yeah and then once we did that we all jumped in but the main goal is like find an iron deposit and start digging. And then you can like dig at it with a pick manually. And then you can go and make things with your iron ingots and you can smelt them into, you can smelt the ore into ingots, then the ingots into like metal plates or rods. And then with the rods, you can make screws or you need the rods to make something else. And then the plates you need with rods to make a certain thing that does this. And when you need to make this building and it just, it just expands rapidly. And then it's like, mm. oh, I found copper over there and I need that to make wire. And then you need wire to make cable. And then like kind of on and on and on, right? So it was really good doing it together, I think, for as long as we did. Because I think we made much faster progress than we would have by ourselves. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, like there were four of us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it meant that like we could focus on different things and each do like our yeah. own thing, but it was, it was going towards the one unified goal. Um, but we could also sort of like pick things up. Excuse me. Um, we can sort of also like pick things up that each other have stopped or got distracted. And, mm. you know, we do things together so that we can then both figure out the stuff at the same time, et cetera. Totally. And so what satisfactory really, um, starts relying on is automation and it's about so you get uh instead of you digging with a pick at like an ore deposit an iron ore deposit you can build a mining building and that mining building has an output out the back and you can run a track like what were they called conveyor belts what were they called i don't know what they were called mining belts conveyor belts. belts conveyor belts and from the output of the mining comes the ore and you run it along the conveyor belt into a uh, smelter and that smelts the ore into ingots and then the smelter has an output as well and then you can run track from that into a constructor and that can turn all of those ingots into whatever you program the constructor to build whether that's like i was saying before plates rods all the stuff you're doing manually before you can automate and then you can run that into a storage container or you can run another constructor into another constructor if you want to turn rods into screws for example and then, for example, if you need to build reinforced plates, then you need something making plates, something making 
screws, which means you need one before that, making rods out of all these iron, funneling mm. into an assembler, which takes two inputs so you can make these reinforced plates, so you can automate a reinforced plate manufacturing process. And, and it goes of, on and on. <laughs> it, it, it just infinitely expands. And and all of that stuff, you're making those components to build um, new, uh, say, new track that you find. Like you could build conveyor belts Mark II, and that takes different types of materials. Or um, in the upgrade hub, you can put a bunch of resources in towards a common goal, and that will unlock new materials for you to use and new like catwalks or uh, like the um, customization abilities or jump pads, whatever you sort of decide that your milestone is. Um, mm. And so because of that, you've, you've all got a common goal and it's like, oh, does anyone have copper? It's like, oh yeah, I could do that. It's like, oh, we're running out of power. I'm, I'm off fighting aliens. Could someone fix that? Like it's got a really, 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 really solid loop. Um, yeah. And we, I, I started playing at one. Only and Jane were playing at about twelve. You jumped in at what, like two thirty-three? Yeah, like a couple hours after. And we were playing until eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I checked my stats, and it was like, like I've still put in eight hours. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like you were a couple of hours later, but it didn't feel like it. Like we were all there no. together. Yeah. And so, like. This game isn't new. It's been out for ages. It's still in early access, which kind of blows my mind because it's been out for years. Um, mm. But it feels great. There's some texture flickering and stuff like that every now and then. Um, but man, was it fun to just build these systems. I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of like stories of what we had. Um, there was, when it got to five, Ollie and Jane went to go get dinner. And so they left. And you and I were like, okay, something that happens when you, when you, when you unlock all of these uh, new materials to use that you want to use to make your stuff more efficient, is it like you realize all the inefficiencies in your previous process? And so you and I were like, okay, let's look at this iron mine we've got and let's make it better. And let's figure about, let's figure out what we want it to make. Mm. And that was, that was so fun, but it, it, it did mean that we literally dismantled everything. And then it became, okay, we've got two mines going here. We're going to split that into three sets of ore each. So that's six streams of iron ore, six streams of ingots. We want two of them being rods, two of them being plates, uh, two of the, no, four of them being rods, two of the ones that are rods going into screws. And so figuring all of that out, it was just really fun. And it's really procedural and kind of everything flows really neatly onto the next thing. But you also quite quickly go like, oh, I just, I'll just do this quick thing where I'll, I'll just change this, this one setting. And you're like, oh, shit, I need reinforced plates to do that. Okay, oh, okay, I'll go and find some screws and some plates. Okay, I've got the reinforced plates. I'll put it down. It's like, oh, crap, the power's gone out because I added a new factory. Okay, what does the, the power factory need? It needs more fuel. That means I need more biomass, which means I need more leaves or animal organs to turn into biomass to feed the generators. And it's like, oh, I need more power poles. That means I need more cable. And all of a sudden, it's this cascading like ripple effect of things you need to make the things more efficient. And it feels like it takes forever, but when you get it, it's real good. <laughs> it's um, it reminds me of this. There's a, there's a Carl Sagan quote that oh. it reminds me of. Okay. Which is like, if you like, if you want to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense, you, right? You sort of you sort of get that feeling a bunch when you're doing it because it's like you just have to consistently keep 
keep up every step to its maximum capacity so that the final step it it's all right here's my here's my headline carry for the for the episode no okay just here's my here's my feeling uh satisfactory is the same mechanical loop as 2048 oh i like that (laughs) i like that uh uh-huh 2048 where you've got the the blocks of two that turns into blocks of four and you put blocks of four together to make eight and then 16 and 32 you you only ever get blocks of twos or fours yep you gotta keep adding them up and eventually you get larger blocks and they're the foundation that you need but also if you do it really inefficiently then it's kind of surrounded by junk and you can't combine it all together to be the best cube it can be it's the exact same game that's fascinating i like that mm, mm-hmm. i thought of that just then i feel real smart i think you should <laughs> i think that's great <laughs> but I, i've been talking a lot about it what how did you find your experience with it and did you know much about it before we jumped in not much i'd seen a little bit like i knew what the game looked like um and i've seen pictures of gigantic builds but when you don't know, when you're not familiar with what the game is, it can you sort of look at things and go like, oh, I don't know what that is. Yep. Um, uh, I had seen Giant Bomb play a bit, um, but not much. Um, it's really cool. I, I like it a lot. Um, it is giving me some Astroneer vibes, but yep. not, not completely, which I think is good. They do feel like very distinctly different games. Absolutely. Um, the the framing of this one i think is interesting with like you know like the you work for a corporation so everything's company branded and stuff and games have done that a lot you know it's the portal thing it's the deep rock galactic thing it's like it's 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 been around that 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 frame um but it's still it's still fun um Mm -hmm. and it's a good it's a good way of giving you some personality as opposed to um and not to say astronaut doesn't have personality but it doesn't have narrative um where, where this does have like that narrative, like, you know, your employees of the company, you know, yeah. you take some damage, the, like the little AI complains about like, you know, stop hurting company property, which is like both the suit you're in and also yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoy the, um, mazes that you, that you, that you build for yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I enjoy the idea of you wanting to create this, extravagant efficient factory line that is perfect in every way except for the first thing you put down mm-hmm. um I, I i always find that fun it's it's always it, having to rebuild my house in minecraft for example is very methodic uh, uh it, it's methodic but it's meditative for me i feel totally a level of zen though i know exactly what to do and it's up to me to figure out how to do it. Totally. Um, it, it, there are uh, some similarities between this game and what I do for my job. Yeah, which is like, you said that a few times yesterday because you and Ollie work together. And he yeah. said, hey, Ollie, does this feel like work? <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed and he goes, a little bit. <laughs> um, because like our jobs are... Um, Manufacturing, are, right? They are manufacturing as well as inventory management and warehouse <laughs> uh, management, <laughs> which is a lot of this game. It's it's the, um, it's all of this game. 
there this is this is a extraordinarily specific joke but i really wish that i could pull out like data from this game to throw it into a program called like looker or like something and be able to to really get the nitty-gritty details of the logistics of everything look at um, your inputs and outputs yeah yeah there were, there were multiple times where i was like can i look at stats for this and the answer was like nearly always no um there are some stats for some things which is cool um, I think that, like, I don't quite know why this game isn't in early access anymore. Yeah. I understand that the multi the multiplayer is still, I guess, maybe the thing that's in most development. I remember when we looked at playing this game two years ago, there wasn't a way to host your own server. Now there is. So obviously that has been added since then. It might just be they just don't want to ship the multiplayer in the state that it's in. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel said- like the game... Like there's like an active warning next to multiplayer. It's like this is a worse experience right now. You're gonna come. You're yeah. gonna see some glitches. Yeah, and I think that you know they they but they also could confidently sell this as a finished game and then say the multiplayer is still in active development. Totally. Um, that being said, uh, I I think it's really good. It's quite pretty. Um, there's like a good art style going on where there's like the, there's a good level of realism while everything still looks quite fantasy. It's not unlike No Man's Sky, but less mm. less clearly generated, stronger light, like um, high fidelity lighting, um, and less like pop art colors everywhere. Yeah, um, and like it is like generated biomes, but like much more on a on like on like a micro scale compared to No Man's Sky. They're not generating whole planets; yeah. they're generating like an like a. And you know, and they are specifically generating things that, like, like a, a biome that works, right? You're not going to have a dud biome. Totally. You start um, your iron and copper further away is coal and sulfur and quartz and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I I quite like it. It's it, it is fun to look at everything and go, okay, like where's where's the next like what is deficient in the process mm. what is around that that can be optimized and rebuilt so that the cascading effect of the of step one being like 100 percent efficiency will mean that step step two has the ability to be 100 percent efficient and yep. you go on from there um there's there's a good level of like doing dumb fun shit in this game as well which i appreciate there are there are jump pads which are hilarious um there are dumb little like warehouse buggies that you can have as well <laughs> that control um, like shit <laughs> they are so so wily um there's like a good level of you can do like a lot of building like quite a lot of like you know i'm gonna make like a, just a warehouse you could create a closed off building that inside of the building goes iron and out of it will become like a rocket ship kind of thing. Yeah. Like you could theoretically do that. You could have a big button that allows you to just turn thing A into thing B. Yeah, it's like the power um, generator on the side of the building. Mm. Um yeah, I think it's it's just a really solid game. It's a lot of fun. Um the the hand animations are quite good as well. They're like the there's good animation on the hitting as well as like the, the there's an animation where when you in the buggy you can put a little siren on the top and like your little hand grabs a siren that's sitting on the desk and then reaches around and pops it on the top of the the top of the the roof of the car, which is funny. Mm. Um Yeah, it's 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 really fun if you like any of those style of like you know efficient efficiency management mining that then turns into 
like building and building and building and building, mm. um, then this is a really fun time. The combat seems a bit underdone. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, it's just more of a, like a, it's more, it's more annoying than anything currently. I haven't found anything that's like, oh, like let's take out this fucking big boss or whatever. Or even They're like, in there, a, you but know, yeah. But like, yeah, but like I've, I've not seen anything that's leading me towards that. And so anytime there's a hostile alien, I'm just sort of like, oh, like fuck off. I'm trying to do something. Mm. Um, as opposed to, I'm not, I'm not managing that air, that side of the game at all. I'm not seeing like, all right, we got to go clear out this base so we can do this next thing. And we might be up to that now, but there hasn't been much in, in the way of like, well, I'm going to go on an, an, like an excursion to see what I can find in that area. I haven't been to, I'm going to stock up on weapons and, and things. There's been none of that. For you. Let me just say, I went on one hell of an expedition for quartz. Sure, but I mean, you didn't plan to stock up on weapons and materials and armor to well, go no, out. Well, no, yeah, because right? I couldn't. There was nothing. There was nothing for us to engage with in and, that fact. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like, I've put now eight hours of four people's worth of like, like productivity. Eight, yeah, eight hours times four people's worth of productivity into the game, and there hasn't been much headway in the in the combat survival element of it. Yeah, um, which is not necessarily bad, but I, I, I kind of I don't know where that fits into the rest of the game and hostile. Yeah, I uh, don't, I don't animals. mind that personally. Um, and, I, yeah, and you're I right; like the health system is really underbaked, and and the combat is we've we've nearly unlocked like a pistol, like a rebar gun. Um, right. I think that's going to change things for us a bit. But like, yeah, it does feel a bit weird. But like, I enjoy that I don't have to engage with it if I don't want to. Um, like the. I ended up being the person who did the most expeditions because I did it once to go get quartz. I came back with a bunch of animal carapaces and uh, it was alien carapace and alien organs. And those turn into biomass really efficiently. And it ended up being that those were what was powering our entire factories for ages was the stuff I found when I went out and did that expedition. Basically until now in terms of we now have the tech to find out what the next power source should be, which is mm-hmm. coal. But like it's what well, it's 38 hours, a bit less. Yeah. Of that bit, bit less. Before we got there. Yeah, totally. Which is great. And I, I think there's a, there's something that I feel like we're not as uh, limited as you might be in Minecraft where I feel like if I have an idea to do something, it's such a pain to get every block, every item. And if I want something to look a certain way, it's like, fuck, I have to go to the nether to get nether, nether stardust and turn that into a fancy light because I want it to look a certain way. Like, it's there's so many steps to make something exactly how you want it in Minecraft. But in this, I feel like you kind of just need, like, raw materials and you're, everything you're making is in service of getting more raw materials and so it, it kind of feels like there's very little barrier to entry to make something i feel like or, sort of. or to tear something down and build it all from scratch I, I i think minecraft has a lot more natural beauty but also the ability to stumble upon something that will suddenly take up three hours but you'll get a lot more out of it i think like aside from going out and looking for a specific material in satisfactory um 
and then stumbling across like some of the bugs that give you more power things. Like mm. there's no that I found at least like dungeons that give you a bunch of cool loot that you don't even know what to do with yet, but suddenly that's going to work into your next plans and, you know, oh, I've got a bunch of random redstone stuff. Do I want to make a circuit with like for like a door or something? And Yeah, you know, I think there's, Jane there's, and I there's, did there's a bit more... of that. Like when, like when Jane made zipline, she couldn't do that otherwise without finding criterium first. And you only find that further away from the base. Like that stuff is there. Oh, sure. I just mean in terms of like there, there's maybe more room for uh, emergent stories in Minecraft just because it's like it's a lot more wide in that way right like you can you can find diamond almost immediately in that game whereas like in satisfactory you have to get quite a while before you can even use some of the other yeah things for sure but i think because it is so wide a lot of the time i just i just peter out on minecraft i get i get bored i i just tune out you know right. and so i like with this that it's like the the barrier that the the hurdle to building is quite low. It's the point of the game, and they've made it quite easy and satisfying. I don't know if I agree, but that's really cool. okay. <laughs> Kinda. I mean, they're, they're, it's very different. They're really different. Yes. Um, yeah, I I find I find building in Minecraft like I will like not look at a clock and build something in Minecraft and then go like, oh, whole day gone. Mm, Whereas yeah, I never in get this, that. I'm like, in Minecraft. yeah, no, I I. There's a reason Minecraft is probably my most played game. So. I could I could see this one getting up there for me, but it depends. We'll see. What was your favorite yeah. role in this when we were playing? Like, if you took on a certain task, or it, so it it was when when we realized there was a second mine right under where we had built some stuff, and you and I just tore down everything, yeah, and then rebuilt it up and like. I, I think I went bigger than you were expecting because mm. um, I was like, I'm going to put these two mines down and I'm going to use it to like 100% efficiency. And I like, I started building wide. I started mm. like going really far out and you were, you were placing things or rather you were like, Hey, like, where do you want, where do you want me to build this? And I was like, and I, I'd walk over to a spot and I'd say like, I want you to put it there. And you'd be like, really that far out? Like that's kind of really far away. And, and in my head, I'm like doing like the 3d math, which is like, there needs to be like X amount of things in between the thing you're building and the yep. thing that I'm building. Yep. And I need the space. Yep. And I only just crammed everything together. Yep. I could have, I could have actually used more space towards the end. Totally. Um, because of all of like the ups and downs and the it's it's good fun it's really fun mm, totally that that was a really fun time for me too when we were doing that and i was like trying to keep up with your with your brain um uh yeah and i really liked exploring and coming back i was kind of like our i became our like power source like manager yeah because uh -huh. yep. the most efficient stuff was the alien organs and stuff like that and so it was like yep. oh our power's running low i'm gonna i'm just gonna go kill some bugs and and I'll be back with bio bio logs in a minute. <laughs> there were many times where I would plug in a bunch of stuff, turn them all <laughs> on, the power would go out, and I'd just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I'd be like, in my head, I'm like, ah, oh, look, someone else will take care of that. Fuck. You were <laughs> wrong. The switch is on. Just, like, the switch is on, just the generator's off. The moment the generator comes back on, everything will be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely slotted in. And then... Ollie was just decided to make a factory in the sky at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Which was quite formidable to look at across the way. It's like, mm -hmm. whoa, what have you been doing? Yeah. 
And I'm thinking about it now because we are at the point where we need we need more resources that are much further away from our main base. Mm. I think we need to make new bases. Like, it's either that or running like kilometers of track to get resources to our to our base. Well, you, I think you just need to do both. Oh, yeah. Oh man, that's so daunting. Yeah. <laughs> so daunting it's cool though Either that or we or we make fucking midgar <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean all the natural resources under so all of the mining and smelting on the on yeah. the natural surface and we In send it all up quadrants. the elevators and then it turns into yeah. plates and rods and screws and pipe and <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah that would be cool Midgar it- should be the thing that we that we try and build towards that'd be fun oh so expensive though uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. Uh and so then the other thing we've been playing, um, not as much as satisfactory, uh, but we got access to play the Forts High Seas DLC. Now we've we've spoken about Forts on the podcast before. Um and Beforts. it's that Huh? Beforts. <laughs> yes, Jeremy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um it's that 2D strategy game that when I played it, what was it, like two years ago, year and a half ago, and I felt like I was losing, I got really angry about it. And I realized that when I when I feel like I'm bad at strategy games, I get, like, irrationally angry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this it became a joke where, like, we would, like, I would suggest thoughts to you because then you would get mad. Yeah, I was like, no, sorry, I don't, I don't want to get angry at you today. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we played it a bit in the last six months, just a bit here and there. And then they came out with this DLC uh, this last week is the high seas DLC. Um, And on paper, it's like forts, but on boats. Right. And that sounds simple and that sounds cool, but it's like so much more than that. We like, I like took the trailer for this and it was like, this isn't just boats. Like this is, this is wild. What is happening here? Yeah. So it's instead of setting down mines and like turbines, you're on you're on a floating land, like a floating massive structure, and underneath is propellers, and the propellers like convert minerals into metal, apparently, and then like smokestacks which you can use to generate electricity, and then like the more you build on one side, the more your 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 ship like isn't it, isn't tips it the other way water. around? No, it isn't. the The propellers generate metal. <laughs> oh okay yeah I was Fuck, no this. wonder i no wonder i died <laughs> right no wonder i wasn't getting more bloody metal i was like in my mind i'm like oh they're burning like i don't know it's like coal generating oh it's, it doesn't it doesn't feel intuitive at all when you look at it yeah no first well, thing i did in, in every round was build more propellers to get more metal yeah Right, okay. First thing I did was build a bunch of smokestacks and then a couple propellers because I'm like, well, propellers are doing hydropower, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would make sense, right? It's weird the way they've done it. Um It should but... be big nets under the under the thing. Nets? Big nets and you're catching metal. <laughs> catching metal, catching minerals. Yeah. Uh, metal uh. fish. <laughs> Fishing. Fishing for iron. It's like when you're when you're fishing in like Zelda and then you bring out a can and you're disappointed, yeah. except this would be the, the positive version of that. And also no one has cans in those games. Where are these cans coming from? It's so annoying every time. Or like when like in Animal Crossing, when you fish and you pull out an Easter egg, it's like I can't hook an egg. It's not how that works. Yeah. Hooks yeah, don't work with that. eggs. So forts. Um uh the, so the DLC, it adds 
water stuff and that's fine and you can build all of your, all your normal things your, your gatling guns and your flat cannons and your mortars and your laser beams and that's cool yeah but then they've got like carrier jet runways yeah. and you could turn your boat into a carrier into a into a hangar jet and launch fighter jets at the enemy plane and then they do like bomb passes on the way and that introduces this new mechanic where you have to buy ammo for certain things so you have to buy that the jets one by one before you fire them and so it ends up being that these boats end up taking up a lot more space because you're storing so much stuff on it Mm. um but then there's also uh what do they call it what was the thing that you like upgrade later they called it uh i'm not sure it's like a framework and when you when you get the framework, you can upgrade it into a couple of things. You can turn it into like a, like a cannon sort of deal, or you could turn it into like a orbital cannon laser tracking beacon launcher. Mm. And then when you launch a beacon at the enemy ship and it lands on it, it calls in a satellite strike of, of laser from the sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which we found out you can deflect kind of easily if you've got the ability to. Yeah. But yeah. you have to work towards setting that up and doing it yeah so it's, there's, there's, it's, there's always it's such been, a good game it's really good like there's always been like energy shields that deflect lasers because there's always been yeah. lasers in the game but you can deflect the orbital lasers as well with these same energy fields and like yeah. you, you i reckon you could pull off some nasty stuff you would have to you'd have to pull it off sneakily so the enemy still wants to shoot the laser you let it happen but you've got the like the energy beams underneath so that can redirect it to hopefully hit them instead to bounce well, it back I, I at them. One of the very first games you and I played um, when we were playing it at home was you had bought like a ton of laser weapons yeah, and didn't invest at all in like the cannons. Yeah. And so I just like lined up my, my, my fort with a ton of the, the laser, like the, the energy shields. Yeah. And you I remember hit them. you shot, yeah, but and you shot them and you just melted your own base because it reflected. Like mm. I remember that really, really early, and I was mm. like, ah shit, there's like there's a lot of a kind of intricate strategy you can do here. Totally. Totally. It's it's kind of wild how much they added in this DLC. We have we yeah. haven't played too much. We play like one or two, two or three missions of the single player, and then we did a couple of rounds just before the podcast. Single player is kind of good though. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been enjoying it. Like good music and good enough dialogue and stuff like that, and some pretty like you know some like comic cutscenes. It's yeah. like it's it's good enough and in interesting scenarios too, bespoke scenarios that are really fun. And there's like there's the you can do like the additional objectives in the scenarios as well, which are which I need to work towards if you can do it as well. Mm. So you yeah. don't have to do all of them. There was like one which you... was like there's a there's like a new energy shield defense system that you could do which is Mm. really cool and one of the one of the uh one of the optional objectives was don't destroy their defense system but their defense system is like right at the front of the ship and like it is right at the front the first shot i fired destroyed it immediately is like oh i'm not going for that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's so cool the the different stuff they added and so we were (laughs) the first match we were doing we hadn't discovered how to make the jets work or the the laser upgrading system work yet and we didn't know what to do mm. with ammo or the harpoon so we're we were really confused we we're figuring it out and and i'm like 
how do I buy ammo? I bought a harpoon. How do I make it work? And we're just like clicking on stuff. And we're both like, what does it do? Yeah. One of the more fun things that we find to do in this game is to just play it without actually knowing what everything does. Cause mm. like some of the fun of this game is finding out what the new, what the things do and how they work together and trying to figure that out before each other. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so um, there was one round where we were, the first round we did, we, I kind of had you at a disadvantage with just like normal weapons where you were like constantly mm. repairing against the damage I was doing, but not fast, en- but fast enough that I couldn't kill you. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, all right, all right, let's just hang on. <laughs> yeah. Can we, can yeah. we call a ceasefire? Like, yeah. well, well, like it wasn't even that. It was like, you know, like you win, but let's like, I've, there's some stuff I just want to try that I can't at the moment. Totally. Like I'm not actually seeing any of the new stuff because I was just repairing the entire time. Yeah. And so, and we use that opportunity to be like, all right, let's just see what a couple of these things do now that we've like yeah. awkwardly half figured it out. And it's like, oh, that does that. And then you tried your laser beam deflection and, and yeah. it was interesting. Then we went into the second round and it was really fun trying to, because we knew that you could shoot down the, the orbital strike beacons before they landed at the enemy ship. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I, what I really, I really want to figure out a way to take out Jeremy's defense system so I can land a beacon there and get an orbital strike in. And I was, I was thinking for sure you were going to use a deflection system. And so when you hadn't done that yet, so, to, so far as I could tell, I was like, okay, this is my, this is my chance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do it. And so I had a cannon, I had a laser, and I had a sniper. And I tried to take out as much of your defense system, and I got it in there, and I <laughs> ended up dividing your ship in half, which was just Literally so cool. Cut off my entire attack yeah. um like as in like you just got a pizza cutter and and cut the ship in half and half of it fell into the ocean um it was very funny it was, <laughs> it was funny very, very and funny. especially because too like the way when you build the ships like it it like tips the ship forward and back and so jeremy's ship all of his rudders on the bottom were at like a, a 15 degree angle because he had so much front mounted weaponry and so when I took off the front half, I basically balanced out his ship and it was just like, and like, like came yeah. out of the water like four meters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of cool stuff they've done. I, I can't believe how big it is. I know I've, I've said this already, but it's so big. Yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's kind of, there's there's so much work there and it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to believe that it, it's not sort of more well known than what it is totally. for what it is like it's got such a great potential to be like a, a really decently sized game in terms of people knowing about it and playing about it and talking about it yeah like a competitive strategy game it's got a small yeah. competitive strategy scene but yeah I, it I, does it does yeah, it, it's so competent. And every time I play it, I always think back to the first time we played it at PAX, what, 2018 or 2019 or 2017 maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, I, th- I think it was earlier than that. And we were playing yeah. on these little laptops and they just gave us everything, like unlimited resources. They were just like, just just use stuff and shoot at each other. It was so fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And it's cool that, you know, they're, they're Australian-based as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, something I thought of um, when we were playing Satisfactory yesterday, I was just thinking about Force. So I'm like... You know, it's really, it's like a realistic setting version of Angry Birds. <laughs> like, sincerely, oh, though, like... except you get to build your base, which in Angry Birds you're not, because that's more of, like, figure out how to break their base. This is like, yeah. build the base, build the weapons, and take it down. And because you're doing that, like, two, 1v1 or 2v2, there's, like, a really in-depth strategy system there to it. It's not. It's not like a... 
a puzzle you can take your time with because they're working to defeat you at the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't see the Angry Birds thing. I mean, in, apart from you know, it's just two bases. Yeah, it's, or it's it's you know like a base made out of just rudimentary materials. It's a little simplistic of a of a likening, but <laughs> it's it's there. Like it's the same thing of like I want to figure out how to get them down. I want to figure out their their Achilles heel. If I can get one laser beam right at the front and just tip it down chip them off and maybe just so that I don't even take out their laser. I destroy the the foundation of the building underneath their laser, you know, it's kind of like physics battleship to me. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we've been playing this week. Um, and, uh, wanted to say as well, uh, it was really good getting access to that during the week. And that was provided to us from Stride PR. Uh, so thanks so much for letting us get access to that. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing more of it. And when we actually get to grips of what the new systems are, and it's more of a um, a full force fight. It's also so fun to be bad at the game, though. <laughs> well, I'm glad you find it fun to be bad at the game. I... Yeah, because if I didn't, I wouldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm better than I used to be. I'm less impatient than I used to be. And it's fun learning it. Right. But like when it is, it is really fun learning it. If if we get to the point where I feel like I know as much as I can know and I'm being slaughtered, that's when I that's when I get frustrated with the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah. Uh we're gonna throw it to break now and then we're gonna come back to Kingdom Hearts uh for their 20th anniversary. So uh get ready everyone. Good, good your loins. Like, maybe have a bite to eat. It's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a trip when we come back. So uh we'll be right back. When you walk away, you won't hear me say, please <laughs> obey me. Don't go simple and clean is the You know the um have you seen when that was the ad campaign, which is like, Merry Christmas, Xbox. No. It's me, Usher. Usher, no. It's, <laughs> it's like that, but like Usher Raymond saying, Happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. It's me, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, it's me, Jeremy. You you preempted my, my segue back in so perfectly. Mm-hmm. That was very well done. Uh, I saw you hit the timer, but I knew you hadn't spoken yet. You, you, like, I'd, I'd intaken my breath. I had took it mm-hmm, in. I know. That was very good. So, Jeremy, what have you got Carry. planned for this? The doc is that this, this, this whole segment <laughs> is a secret to me. All I know is Infinite Kingdom Hearts is happening. Yes. So, uh, it's Kingdom Hearts' 20th anniversary. Is it 20th today? birthday. It is today. It is a day of recording. 28th of March, 2022. Mm-hmm. 20 years ago, we got Kingdom Hearts. Uh-huh. How things change. I do remember it being huge back then. Like, I remember I don't. going to my brother's friend's place, because my brother's 10 years older than I am. I was like six, seven. Mm. Um, and people were like, oh, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts, or like Kingdom Hearts 2. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And they also spoke about KOTOR and like it was stuff that kids that were older than I was were playing and I didn't get mm. but it was yeah. big so 
leading into this, I, I, I was throwing around some ideas for Kerry to, to have some, some prior reading. And I think today what I did was I found a video which I think really did, did a really good job at summing up what it is, mm. <laughs> like the whole thing of Kingdom Hearts, as well as the, the author of the video's feelings on the game and why it means, like, what, why, it can, why it connected with them in, in, in a fairly... In a in a fairly uncritical and more like nostalgic sort of way, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but still sensibly, and it still had like moments of like yes. laughing at itself and laughing at the game, and like yes, yeah, like like yeah, it it wasn't like it wasn't just gushing, um, but it was a positive video. Yeah. Yes. Um. Uh. The the, the name of the video is Kingdom Hearts Ain't So Dumb. Um. By Beyond Pictures. It's a it's a good half an hour. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fun time with, with a good amount of backstory. Um, I do want to start with what happened 20 years ago, <laughs> um, just in terms of to talk about where this came from, like what, so I don't know if you know, we're going to get the elevator story. Yeah. It's the elevator story. Square Enix, uh, no. Square soft. Square soft. Yeah. yeah I noticed Square that today that in their video, in Beyond's yeah. video where, the title screen for Kingdom Hearts 1, it said Disney Squaresoft. Yeah, yeah. Um, at Disney Interactive at that point as well, more specifically. Mm. Disney Interactive in Japan, Squaresoft shared a building. Rumor is that they both had big successes with the movies that were coming out for Disney and uh, Square had just released Final Fantasy 7 and is releasing Final Fantasy 8. Um, two very large titles for them and mm. for the Final Fantasy series as a whole and for... And gaming as a whole. For gaming, yeah. Like, Final Fantasy VII was like a stratospheric launch. Um, and the rumor is that two execs were in an elevator congratulating each other on each company's respective successes and they basically said, hey, we should we should partner up on something. Mm. Um how those companies have changed um <laughs> more specifically disney um 20 years ago disney was a very very different company to what they are now um but we will we we will get to that point um when these games came out i was i think the perfect age for them which i think does help with my feelings on kingdom hearts um like i was I don't remember how how old I was when I came out, but I was about eight, I think, when I played Kingdom Hearts one. Right. So and two would have been was, out by that point. Uh, no, two came out the year after I played it. Okay. After I played one, so like I got one and two pretty close together, pretty pretty back to back in terms of like I didn't have to wait like a few years like everyone else did, and there was the GPA game in between. Um. So. It is, I, I think my age is directly important to it, but I think something else is important to why I like this game. And it brings me to my first heading that I have on my doc that I have not showed Kerry, which <laughs> is only queer people like Kingdom Hearts dash it's for the gays. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is obviously not true, but I think, I think Kingdom Hearts is... So when we talk about media being queer coded, I think we often talk about queer baiting in a way, mm. like the idea of making something gay without it actually being gay. You can also talk about queer coding in a way where it's like, um, 
you you can like queer code uh like antagonists and that's like part of them being bad and being like other is them being like non-heteronormative is them being queer sometimes yeah as well as you know the idea of like you know the while like frodo and sam in lord of the rings were not written to be gay like they're gay um (laughs) because they are so madly in love with each other yeah um and kingdom hearts is kind of like that where it's like there are queer characters everywhere in this game and i'll I'll go into that in the moment but i want to make very clear that i am well aware that the developers and the writers of this game have not intentionally done that right (laughs) they have there is next to no, no no romance in kingdom hearts most romance comes from the disney characters um there is one romantic relationship in the entire franchise that is not Disney characters. And even then it's, it's largely like it, it's more about care than anything else. Oh, um, like, like, I mean, like it's, it's love. Like it, it, it is, it is love. It is Sora and Kyrie. Um, in terms of if you oh, are right. reading the text at as face value and like, they obviously have feelings for each other, but it's not a, like it's young feelings. Kiss. Well, I mean, like they're they're teenagers to like early twenties, maybe. I think Kingdom really? Hearts three, the Kingdom Hearts three. I think they're, they're about eighteen, maybe maybe around then. Kingdom Hearts one, it's like they look like they're ten. They are twelve, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, and so like you like, there's no kissing because it's like they're kids. They don't like even know that they want to do that sort of thing. And so yeah. there's there's very sweet romance there. Also, both really creeped out by how big their feet are. I mean, it's Disney feet. You know why they look like that, right? Because Sora was meant to be Mickey Mouse. I did hearing that on Beyond's thing made sense. I'm like, oh, that's why his pants right. are so baggy. Yeah, like he was designed to be the, like what happens when you throw like Final Fantasy and, and, and Mickey Mouse together because they wanted, the, the initial plan was like they wanted Mickey Mouse to be the protagonist of the game. And Disney were like, you, we do not trust you to use Mickey Mouse yet. Yeah. He gets to be there our very most, briefly. Our most valuable asset. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like at that point, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, why Kingdom Hearts is for the gays is because of largely about the way these characters interact and view themselves, and how specifically villains and heroes respond to each other. Um. There is a character which I will I will have to give a little bit of backstory on. I'm five four. I'm I apologize. Here we go, everybody. Strap in. Yeah. There's a character named Xion. X I O N. Uh Xion is is a clone. Um she is a clone that when when she was born without a heart, she was just a body. <laughs> yep. Because she was like created by one of the villains of the game to be a clone of Sora. Um, they wanted to use uh, Sora's powers for villainous intent while Sora was asleep. Um, and she was created to basically like mimic the uh, mimic the person of the bond that she was attempting to replicate. Um, Jion at the beginning 
has no form basically just like a body in like the in the black garb that you've seen the villains wear um and they frequently refer to Xion as it because they do not do like they do not respect Xion as a as a person they frequently will say it they and and some characters when they see her don't even see her like other characters see her visually like appears completely different to other characters whoa okay um yeah, this is and like this is very like this is kind of like the Matrix level of like you know the villain in the Matrix will ref- like will repeatedly dead name Neo and will always you know reference Neo's gender while hmm. Neo is like my, like you know like I am Neo and he's Smith like is transcending. Like, yeah, like while Smith is always like Mister Anderson, like always making him ma- like it, anyway. Um. Gion is 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 a very similar story to this. I noticed. Um, Gion is uh, a girl as well, um, but is also meant to be replicating the like the powers of Sora while being very close to uh, Roxas, who is, is very deeply connected. Nobody. So, so, Sora is nobody. We're Nailed very it. deeply connected to nobody. <laughs> people who don't understand nobodies and, and heartless and, and all of that stuff, right? Like, I'm sorry. We simply don't have time to get into it. <laughs> I, I played a bit of the first game and then watched all of the cutscenes from the first game. This is a while ago now. And then I played a bunch of two as well. And I still don't get it. Nobody's not in the first game. Um, but like it's, if you are defeated and you have a strong heart, you will basically live on in a way. Um, if your heart gets captured by the darkness, you will become a heartless. Um, your heart will then leave. <laughs> your soul kind of remains a heartless while your body that is left is turned into a nobody because you had a strong sense of will and personhood kind of. Right. That is my interpretation of it. But it's it is it is largely vague, and I think that works for it. I think the vagueness you don't like. I don't want to sit there and know the technical terms for everything in this game because that's not really interesting. The idea of heart, will, body, like even like mind and person, all of that stuff. Like there there are a million reads on it, but I think it's what you bring to it. A lot of it is like like what you what you bring to how you feel about what it means to be friends with someone what it means to have strength a lot of like the game will give you its interpretation but it will still allow you to fill in those gaps with how you feel about those things right like the the joke about kingdom hearts one especially is you know the power of friendship you know beating the enemies of the power of friendship and stuff and Sora literally like you know literally says the words you know like my friends are my power and we have spoken about this in the past where like, is that a literal sense or is that a mo- mm. metaphorical sense? Mm. And the answer is, it doesn't really matter. Like, the answer is, it's somewhere in between because one feeds into the other anyway. So, mm. like, if it's merif- if it's metaphorical, but he's gotten stronger, is that literal? Is it literal? Of course not. It's literal because friendship doesn't exist as a thing that you can measure. That being said, he still got stronger because of it. Yeah. So, it's how you bring your feelings towards all of these things that I think allowed the game to rise above it just being like, hey, Disney, hey, Final Fantasy, like what if we put them together? Because suddenly they created this entire heartfelt like 
uh, it's like, like mythology. <laughs> yeah, like mythology is the word um, around what is what is the meaning of strength. And the, the the great thing is, the Final Fantasy characters they introduced and the Disney characters they introduced all feed into that with their own interpretations of what those are from their respective movies and 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 beings, which allow that well of like feeling an emotion to sort of like rise to the point where suddenly you didn't realize you were going to get misty eyed at the idea of goofy being killed in kingdom hearts <laughs> 2 um which is just just amazing that they managed to get away with making you think just for a minute that goofy might be dead um <laughs> star wars episode <laughs> nine is that you <laughs> In, in regards to what? In Chewy. regards to whose death? And... <laughs> no, because no one cared at that point. <laughs> not even, not even. Okay, I'll show you the difference between those two scenes. No one in those movies cared that Chewie died. No, they did. They were like, <gasps> Chewie. And that was it. There was like, we didn't even see Lando, the only one with any real connection to Chewie care. <laughs> Okay. There was okay. nothing. Fair enough. Um, and there was no revengeful, like, oh, we got to do it for Chewie sort of thing. It yep. was like, hey, Chewie's back. Something I thought was interesting in the um, Beyond Productions video was talking about the Disney characters in how they, um, in how Disney has treated their characters as something like actors in a sense where, yes. um, you know, it's not like. You enter a play, basically. Yeah. Right, where like Goofy can be playing different people in different in a different scenario, um, in a different role as an actor might take on a different role, um, yeah. and so when they're in this game, it's like oh, Mickey has been cast as the king of this part of the mythology of Kingdom Hearts, but that's not what the basis of Disney is. That's just the basis of what Disney's characters' involvement in Kingdom Hearts is. That which is something yes. I really didn't get on my own because I don't have that strong connection to the, the pantheon of Disney animation. Um, but that, you know, that makes sense. And I think that makes that, that core concept, I think does make it a bit easy to buy into. Um, because I I was saying this to Sam, um, when I was watching this video and I was only five minutes in and I, then I stopped feeling this way later on. Um, but it's a feeling I felt before. And I know when we were talking about kingdom hearts two, I noticed this specifically. Um, but, I buy in. I can I I can feel myself buying into all of the the nobodies and the and organization 13 and the black coats and the and the memories and the and like Roxas doesn't know who he is and something's wrong and this is a simulation and yeah like all of that stuff in the opening kingdom hearts 2. And then as soon as Donald and Goofy turn up and he's like, hey, it's like it's Goofy's voice. I can't do Donald's. So I try to do that just then, and I'm giving up now. Just need, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as that happens, immediately, I, it's like it's like the. You remember that How I Met Your Mother episode? You might not have seen it, but no. there's that How You there's that, there's that How I Met Your Mother episode <laughs> where um they point out like I think it's when Robin and Ted are dating, and someone points out a flaw of one of them to the other, and there's a sound effect that plays of like glass shattering, and it's like. Oh, now that you've pointed out this floor, I'm never going to be able to not see it. And it's this whole right. thing of like everyone does that to each other for the whole episode and they all start noti- noticing these nitpicks and then they get over it at the end. Mm. And it's like every time the Disney characters turn up after I've been 
getting sucked in. It's that glass shatters, and I'm immediately taken out of it. It's like, oh gosh, sorry, it's so good to see you, buddy. It's like, oh. <laughs> I, I I think, and this is going to, like, the, I th- I think you have to take it on a level of face value that is, it is it is hard to get there, and I agree that it doesn't always, it doesn't always do the work to get you there. Um, I think overall specifically but like between one and two and a few of the other ones after they do do a good enough job to make you we, we spoke last week about games that commit to themselves <laughs> i can hell if kingdom hearts ain't one of them mm. um did we mention kingdom no hearts point, last week no mm, funny um yeah uh they that they commit to the idea of everybody being in this world like to a fault almost, right? Because it's like at some point it's like so ridiculous and outlandish. Mm. Um, but it just is. Like that, it just is. Like it is. Like they are just that way. No one, like none of the Final Fantasy characters saying like that's a talking dog. Um, <laughs> it is. It is just like Sora, Donald, Goofy, and they're like, "Hi, Leon." Yeah, um, and it's also no big deal that there's Final Fantasy seven characters with Final Fantasy eight characters with Final Fantasy ten characters. Yeah. yeah. And and I think like similarly as well, like I I think that also feeds into the level of like a lot of the the villains are like for example in regards to if Gion is or isn't a, like a trans like not allegory but at least like uh, stand in yeah yeah um the villains are the ones that are largely quite transphobic to her. Um, in terms of, you know, like just refusing to recognize Gion as a person. Yeah. Dehumanizing. Um, And, you know, immediately the first time Gion is with some of the other characters that are good, um, like it's complete acceptance, um, in a way that, you know, like no one points out anyone's like differences or like sort of makes a big deal that there is a, there is a a duck with a wand, for example. Mm. Um, and I think part of like part of my next topic, which goes into this quite well, is the unfailing optimism of Sora, <laughs> which is a is a both a positive and a negative. And I think that Sora is one of the few pure video game characters that I've ever seen in any video game. Like honestly, up there with Mario, and even Mario's like had darker moments. Oh no. <laughs> yeah but like mario is you know like you know he says wahoo like he's excited <laughs> to go on an adventure he is all about he's smiling while he's in his game he is running and he is jumping and he is happy yeah he's um, like a cartoon a great, he is uh he's the the video game mickey mouse <laughs> yeah um there's a great video that Jared Petty put out years ago called like called Jumpman or something on on his on his old show, which is about like how he really connected with Mario's optimism and happiness all the time. It's it's a it's a really wonderful video. Um, Sora being as happy, like the villains bring attention to it at, at the end. Hmm. There's like a part where like the villains will say like. And even some of the like the more gray good guys are kind of like you know like that boy is too optimistic for his own good or something. Mm. At every single point through the entire story, aside from Kingdom Hearts three, um, and this that's not even like a Kingdom Hearts three didn't get it sort of thing. Just 
narratively. It's different, yeah. Yeah. Sora will always be ready to do the next thing for his friends and he is always like just ready to go on the next adventure. He's not like, he's not never happy. Sorry, he's, he's not never unhappy. There are moments where he's sad or grumpy or doesn't understand, but he it never, it never ever affects him. Mm. And it always allows him to rise to the next occasion because of his complete and utter faith in like himself and also his like his group. Um, when like when they announced Sora for Smash, like there was like such a big grin on my face mm. because Sora came through the keyhole like immediately smiling. Oh yeah, it was like a celebration that video. Yeah. Yes. I I I I didn't like I got it because I know him, but I still on underestimated how happy that made literally everybody that was watching it. Right. No one no one made the anime sword complaint genuinely in that when he's an anime sword fighter. Like you know, obviously he's is is a bit more than that in terms of his moveset, but like no one looked at that and went like, ah, oh, it's fucking Sora. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just like, you know what? Like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, end it, end it on Sora. Um, and I think that is very refreshing. And it is hard to get past that because it is constant and forever that he will be grinning. Like, there are really dark moments and they'll be like, Sora, you're all right. And he will put on a fake grin and go like, cheese because he's always trying to make everything around him better. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's lovely. I think I adore that with my whole heart, that mm. they can continue to commit to that. Yeah, for sure. And, like, that's that's another part of that thing that sort of pulled me out when I was playing that section of Kingdom Hearts 2, you know? It was like, oh, all of a sudden, Donald and Goofy are here. But also, like, Roxas was so, like, troubled and trying to figure it out and things were so serious. Yes. And, and, and Riku goes through a lot of those same things later on in that game as well in a way that is a very good contrast to Sora where you still get the, like, R Riku does a thing in the game which is called he walks the road to dawn, which is he's currently in the night, he's currently in the darkness, and he has to make his way through the darkness to get through the light, which is a really poetic way of putting it. Mm, definitely. Um, but it also, like, he, he gets, like, he gets kind of edgy for a bit and has a literal demon inside of him which changes his physical form to be the demon which is the villain of the first game yep and so then when sora meets him he's like what the fuck like i beat you what is going on only to find that his best friend is in there mm. and hasn't managed to regain his physical form yet and he has to fight alongside the enemy of the first game that killed him and almost killed like his love and took away his best friend hmm. like and you know like i said he's got his unwill his, his, his unfailing optimism throughout the entire time mm -hmm. he's got he's he's got depth it's just different it's very yeah. weird yeah totally. it's very weird kind of character building yeah and like it's cool I've, something that i found interesting when i was watching this video is that i was like watching footage from all the different games and i was looking at it, i was like i think i might if i was gonna play another kingdom hearts if i was gonna give it another another go i honestly think i might jump to three because I, I was enjoying the better graphics 
I was I was enjoying seeing, you know, they've got like Monsters Inc. in there and Toy sure. Story. I have a bit more connection to those than I do to other ones. Um yeah. and like I, I kind of I just did enjoyed how that was being presented a bit more, I think. I think I could engage with it a bit more readily, which I found fascinating. And I and that's also weird because I know it's it's kind of not that game is not necessarily the the best of the series. It's not what the best of what the series has to offer. But I, I think it's also not the best of even like like I think the gameplay feels better. But they 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 bring in some ideas gameplay wise as well as they bring in some ideas narratively that are that like really fall flat. Mm. Um, and like are actually great against how you like while you're playing the game. Um, more so than some of the technical limitations too would bring. Um, and I, I, I think it's, it's also worth mentioning kind of that Kingdom Hearts 2, while that they are, a lot of the Disney worlds in it are, are less contemporary, especially now, they were not quite contemporary then either. Oh, yeah, um, no. And you get that. Like, you can tell that. Like, when you're in with... Yeah. I, I don't remember any of the worlds, but... Like, Tron is the, the best example, right? Yeah. That movie's from 1983 and wasn't even incredibly popular back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, Mulan was probably the, the, the newest... Oh, there's Pirates of the Caribbean, which is probably the, the, the most recent one in there. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think if you were going to go back and play it, like, two would be your best bet because it is a... It's also a better told story. Sure. I, I, two, fell like, off, th- I fell th- off too, though. Like, I got bored. I mean, if, like, it just might not be into it. Yeah, that's um, the thing. I wish I was. I wish I was. Like, it's interesting. I feel like I feel like this this series has, because it, it does have all of these commitments and stuff like that, and it does have, it juggles all of these concepts and these, these characters from different worlds. But I feel like some of it is so, like, inaccessible at times that like yeah it's hard to get past for a lot of people allow me to introduce you to my next topic oh please it's for the kids except they wouldn't get it like i do (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing that's Um, so funny the the subheading for that topic is i i don't know who is starting the franchise Um, yeah which is which is interesting because it's got so many entries and they did do an almighty effort to get them all in the same place, which was one of the biggest issues with the franchise is that it was so fractured across different consoles and generations and everything um, that it was hard to keep track of the story. If you only had, you know, it, say you, you're a kid and you get a new console every three or four years mm. as like a big Christmas present, right? You, you better hope it's the one that Kingdom Hearts is going to be on, right? Um. People, like I've spoken to many people who like bought a PS3 because they thought Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to be on it. Because why wouldn't they think that? Yeah. Um, like that was not an uncommon thing. God, can um, you? That's it's pretty wild to think that like Kingdom Hearts one and two were such massive, huge parts of the PS2's legacy and its and yeah. its success. And the Kingdom, there were games in between, obviously, and the spin-offs and stuff like that. But Kingdom Hearts three didn't come out until the end of the PlayStation 4's life cycle. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's weird as well because from the outside, there's this gigantic drought in between two and three. It is like a decade. Like It's like 15 years. Um, 
And I, I know plenty of people and my, I was like this for quite a while as well. I was like, I'm a massive Kingdom Hearts fan. I love Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 so much. They're some of my favorite games. And I was like, do you know about Kingdom Hearts Recoded? And they're like, what is that? Um, and it's because the games are so inaccessible that even Kingdom Hearts fans didn't know they existed. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't help that after the PSP one, they weren't very good for a while, <laughs> gameplay-wise especially. Um, some of them are, like, they've got their moments, but la- by and large, there's a reason they were made into movies on the re-releases. Um, I, I, I think Kingdom Hearts is a kid's game for adults. Um, well, right. Which is, like, like what I mean by that is, like, they, 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 sort of, they, they deal with... They deal with heavy themes from a child's perspective. Um, like quite esoteric uh, themes as well, like really vague yes. and yeah. ungraspable like the, themes. Yeah, like death, the body, the heart, like the soul, like all of these things. And like, you know, the Kingdom Hearts story is complicated, blah, blah, blah. Like sort of like if you're not, if you're not looking at like the whole story, then yes, it is because you're – it's less that it's incredibly complicated. It's more that it's just like there are gaps missing in people's knowledge. Like it does a decent job of telling you everything if you get there. Getting there is not the easiest thing in the world, mm. granted. Um, what I think Kingdom Hearts doesn't... I, I'm going to say doesn't know how to do at the moment, which is like allow new players to enter. And I'm going to say that with an asterisk because I think... Kingdom Hearts 3 has a glossary where it allows you to read the stories of all the previous games right. in, in, inside this game. They need that. They do need that because it pulls on literally every single one uh, to its uh, to, to its detriment and also to its, like... Benefit. for Yeah, for its benefit as well, including the mobile game, right? Yep. Including the 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 online mobile game that is thousands of years before the first game. Um I don't know what the next one looks like in many, many ways. Disney being as big as it is now mm. aside. Mm. I don't know how much Disney is going to be in the next one thematically. I don't know what style of game is it, it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be quite similar, like, you know, 3D character action, but like it's like set in Tokyo. <laughs> um, and like three is the end of what was known as like the seeker of darkness saga. And the next one is supposed to be like, like the beginning of a new chapter for the franchise. Yeah. But it still begins with the fallout of three, which is like Sora being dead. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah. Sora dies at the, it's like the ending of three is like Sora dying. Wow. (laughs) And it ends that way. Wow. Yeah. Like it is, Kyrie and Sora sitting on the tree with the star fruit mm. and then like Sora like dusts away like Avengers Infinity War <laughs> and then the credits. Whoa. And I'm like, like, like I'm not sobbing, but I'm like, oh my God. Because <laughs> um, they skip a chunk of time at the end of three where you don't quite know what happens and then you realize that it was a sacrifice that was made. Um, but then like it, like Sora still exists, but in a different world now. So like Classic. it's like a whole thing. Yeah, classic. It's like when no Goku dies in Dragon Ball, and then he's just he's just in the big <laughs> white room with a halo. Yeah, yeah. Or he, he has to run across the dragon. No, you've got to run across like the castle for like a million years. Yeah, um, he'll be back. Like, uh, uh, in, 
like many franchises with baggage, I don't quite know how you enter it. Um, I don't know if four is a, going to be a good starting spot because I don't trust them to allow you to enter four without prior knowledge. Mm. But if they are saying like, hey, it's like it's a closed book and this is another open book, then maybe you can. Yeah, I um, mean, fingers said, crossed. Th- like, yeah, like fingers crossed that it is more approachable, but they're also continuing the story from the mobile game in four. So like fucking hell, I don't know. So they've closed the book on the saga, but the prequel to the saga, they are continuing the story of in the sequel to the books that we've closed the book on. Including characters from the previous books as well. <sighs> yeah, Jeez. I know. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't have a whole lot of faith, but I'll be along for the ride anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's funny because, like, you know, when we were talking about when those when those first two games came out, um, the one and two rather, not because they're not mm. the first two. Uh, like they were so big, kind of despite themselves. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter that the story was kind of complicated. It was like, oh yeah, no, it's like a fun story, and you get to go through Disney things. Like that was it. That's all it needed to be, yeah. and that was good enough. But, like, I feel like that really took a back seat to anyone's perception of it who knows what Kingdom Hearts is or who talks to someone who knows what Kingdom Hearts is. It's it's not about... The, the thing that keeps people in isn't the Disney integration. You know what I mean? It, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's the story. It's the characterization. It's the plot. It's the themes. It's the... It's the time traveling and the, and the spin-offs and how it all links together and the messaging and... Like, it, it's not about disney no it's 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 about the feeling that the game gives you the game gives you like there's a vibe that kingdom hearts has which is uniquely it own its own like Mm. there is nothing like playing a kingdom hearts game Mm. um and it was like when three came out like i was having like i was having like like almost culture shock to be back in that space. Mm. Like I was looking around going like, this is like, this is one I haven't played. Yeah. Um, like on the telly, like this doesn't like that fucking doesn't happen ever. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause you would have, it would have been the first two when they came out, when you play them for the first time, when you introduced the series for the first time and then re-releases and spinoffs for 15 years. <laughs> yes. Yes. It wow. was that. Yeah. It's like it's like getting another Blade Runner movie, Kerry. Mm. <laughs> um oh, we should watch that. Yeah. Uh I think that does wrap into what is my final point. Uh-huh. Uh which the the heading is the mouse cometh. <laughs> um but the subheading is the, the the era of Kingdom Hearts is gone. Okay. Um the the, the 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 crux of this argument is Kingdom Hearts could not have been made now, mm, and mm-hmm. like when you say Kingdom Hearts's fan base is like Kingdom Hearts's success is almost despite itself, like that is very true in more than one way. Um, the only reason Kingdom Hearts is is currently still being made is because Kingdom Hearts is still being made. There is a fan base there that is dedicated that will. You know, like I've seen a ton of posts about the 20th anniversary, like more than I usually see on my t- on my timeline. Totally, like it's a significant brand. It, it is a culturally mm. significant brand, and it almost goes against anything that Disney or Square want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, for some reason, it survives. Um, the, the there was a running thing in in on the Kingdom Hearts subreddit 
years ago, which was you like you come for the Disney and you stay for the Kingdom Hearts, right? Um, and like I think that's that like that that is that is not untrue. Um, that being said, I don't know what it looks like without Disney, or I don't know what it looks like in in current Disney. Kingdom Hearts 3's worlds were decided quite a while ago, sorry, quite a while before the game was released. Yeah. Um, there was obviously, like, significant delays that the game went through, and they announced it quite early. Very um, early. Uh, but they, you know, the, the the newest worlds that they were doing was, like, Frozen, which came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Or 13. Mm. Like um, Tangled? Big yeah, Hero Tangled 6. was the Big Hero Six was in there, but it was like Pirates of the Caribbean three, right? And you know, I'm not saying that they should have done four or five because obviously you should not have done four or five, but like, you know, Monsters University was sort of around the time the game was in development, but they did a sequel to Monsters Inc. sort of thing. Toy, Toy Story, Story three was quite old by that point, but Toy Story four I think had been announced, and so they did the story of just a Toy Story story. Mm. Toy Story. Toy Story, 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 story. And so, like, I don't know what they do now because I don't think Disney want to give them the new stuff. And, like, I I don't know if you know this, there are no Final Fantasy characters at all through the entire story of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, no, you've you've mentioned that a few times in the podcast, yeah. They And they briefly show up in the DLC as just, like, and they just stand there. Mm. Um, there is no characterization for them at all, which is very, very weird. And we know that Square were kind of weird, at least at the beginning, around their inclusion in Smash Brothers in terms of they were the only ones, like uh, Cloud was the only character in the entirety of Smash Brothers Ultimate initially that didn't get any additional content yep. um, that they had in the past. So there was obviously some weird, like, we don't know if we want, we want to partake in this any further than what we currently already contractually have. It's a really weird, they are weird companies now. They are very, very strange. Mm -hmm. That being said, two years ago, Disney announces a Kingdom Hearts Disney Plus show. I don't know. I don't think they know. Um, Which puts it into a really weird position. Disney don't do what they don't know. Square don't do what they don't know. And yet Mm. this franchise managed to transcend confusing people and now transcends confusing companies <laughs> um it's a very unique thing yeah I um, agree it's more. a really really unique property to say the least mm. <laughs> um not without its fucking faults Kyrie has no agency in that game and it does my head in every single time mm-hmm. they don't treat a lot of they don't treat really any of the women very well in that game they, they need to do better mm-hmm I don't know. It's like, it's a very, it's a very weird thing. I think it is. I think it is. F- <laughs> I, I think it's for kids and kids don't get it like I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good um, like article title. <laughs> yeah. If we see that anywhere else, we know you were here. Okay. <laughs> you were the listener. Uh, um, happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. Happy birthday, Kingdom Hearts. I wish I... I wish I got you. I wish I could I be. I love you, Kingdom Hearts. I wish I could be in there with you. But you're so fucking when, weird. It is, it, is, it is really weird. I think if you can buy in all the way to the weird, I think there is even now something special to be gained from it. Yeah. Um, 
even if it is, you know, like I always recommend to people that aren't quite getting something, crank it down to the lowest difficulty, breeze through it, make it like an interactive movie, see what you can get out of it. Mm, fuck, Kingdom Hearts don't allow you to change your difficulty mid-game. Damn it. Um, yeah, that's a shame. You know, yeah, even then, like, I something I felt in the past, and we don't have to talk about how it's like, I don't get this the whole time. It's not about that, but... I get bogged down in sort of their representations of the Disney stuff as well sometimes because I either feel mm-hmm. like it's a, a cheap, quick facsimile of the property that it's showing. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's like Aladdin, but it's not Aladdin. But we'll go to the Cave of Wonders, but it's not the time before, but it is this time. Mm. Or it's a different story and then, like, maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. I feel like that kind of thing happened a bit less in terms of when you get, like, an original story in a new world's um, setting. Yeah, I, it's it's kind of like a greatest hits. It's a yeah. highlight. And that's the majority of the time you spend in the game. And mm. for someone who doesn't have that much connection with the old stuff and for someone who has a connection with the stuff they do have a connection with, but doesn't like playing like a worse version of it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's I, I hard to get what, into. I think what two does really wonderfully is the first big chunk of the game is going through all the Disney worlds. There's, there's like Kingdom Hearts story stuff in between, but like it is, you're basically going through and playing the movie in a, in a bite-sized palatable in a, in a single gaming session because, you know, you're not doing the story while you're playing the game. The story's mm-hmm. happening in the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. You're getting through the story of the, of the film. You then, something happens in the, in the story, and you have to go back and revisit each world once more. And when you do that, it is not the story of the movie. It is the story of Kingdom Hearts affecting that world. So it is oh, that does sound largely... Cool. It, it, it it's honestly it's a really good way of one reusing assets on a limited system on the PS2 totally because so, you are re you are ocarina of time Majora's masking every little planet mm-hmm. <laughs> um and two it allows the world to feel important in the space mm. um and give them like a better sense of purpose it's 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 less it's less upfront than in like, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, which was just like, we've kidnapped the princess. It is like they, they play into the themes of the story much more succinctly. Um, for example, uh, Beast's Castle. Um, uh, Beast's Castle at the beginning is all about like, you know, the, the petals are falling off the rose. Um, and Beast is losing control of himself because of the power that was the rose is, is fading because of Belle and all that stuff. And then you, when you go back there, uh, it's, it's similar, but it is like, it is uh, one of the organization members uh, is using the power of the rose to weaken Beast while also doing his own experiments about what it means to sort of like have a heart and stuff and have a strong heart. Um, wonderfully all of the different organization members have a different goal Mm. they all work for the same like organization organization members being like the lot by and large the 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 villains of kingdom hearts 2 they all they're all kind of scientists and they all want to find out something a little bit different one of them's all about chance one of them's all about you know like what is fate 
and can you subvert fate? Wonderfully, he's on the Pirates of the Caribbean world because they're all gamblers, right? You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it fits quite cutely. Um, and those sections as well are even shorter than the main worlds. So you're not right. going through an entire Kingdom Hearts world again. You are going through an even shorter one that will a quick then, revisit. Quick revisit, check in. Time has progressed in the in the world of that world. There's more to do. Another story with a different villain, um, which also pushes the the main narrative forward. Um, it's a really great way to do that story. And three doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three is like you get to go through either the world verbatim, beat for beat, including songs and fully realized sections of the movie in Unreal. Yeah. Or parts that are so separated from the rest of the game, uh, from, from the usual stories, that they are, they're not quite good and you sort of feel like you're playing fan fiction a little bit. Right. And they are completely unrelated to the main story of the game. Mm, yeah. They're, they're just there. It's, it, I, it feels like a Disney mandate of like, like, don't put, like, don't put the things together that you've already put together. Yeah, don't mess up Elsa's story. Yeah, and so then, you know, the final act of Kingdom Hearts 3 is like five hours of dense fucking story. Because it wasn't in the main game at because all. Because it wasn't in the main game, yeah. <laughs> I think structurally Kingdom Hearts 3 fails in many ways. Interesting. Okay. I love you, Kingdom Hearts. It's been good to talk about it with you as well. It, it's, I, it's good to let you off the chain. You know, because I feel like the the lens through which we've spoken about Kingdom Hearts in the past has always been, I've come to it and I don't like it. <laughs> Jeremy, what Hold do you no. think? I mean, you like it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think, yeah, like there is stuff to get, there is stuff to appreciate with the with the franchise, even for folk that actively don't like it. Mm. Um, there's a reason that when Waypoint did their deep dive into Kingdom Hearts, uh, Patrick Klepek, who specifically does not like Kingdom Hearts, Still had a very good time. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, one of the one of the required readings we were thinking about for this was Waypoint's, what was it, Law Reasons. Yeah, Law Reasons was a show that they started and then only did Kingdom Hearts. And I got through an hour of it today. Um, and it's funny oh, listening. I didn't realize you started it. Yeah, I was, I was going, I, was, I just started it when you sent me that, that um, Beyond Productions video. And I was like... <sighs> that's why i was like should i do this or that and you're like oh definitely watch this one i'm like all right okay <laughs> but yeah i was listening to it during the day um and they're trying to do it chronologically which sounds like a bit of a, a mind fuck because it turns out there's time travel um uh, the, the, the time travel is pretty minor yeah but like they're, it, they're talking it, about characters before they've been introduced yeah oh. like it's yes sort of like it's the time travel element only really happens in Dream Drop Distance in three. And even then it's like it's it's like another like, oh, like we decided this after the fact sort of thing. So you mm. can still play the original game with like you can still play the first game chronologically, Birth by Sleep. Yeah. You can still play that one without going like, hey, who's this time traveler? Mm. Yeah. Um But yeah, like it's so. funny because when we were talking about it last week when we were setting up this topic for the show, uh, you were like yeah, they go through the whole episode and they and they get to the end and they're like, "Fuck, we only just started Kingdom Hearts one." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they they do like a two hour podcast and they get to the beginning of Kingdom Hearts one by the end of it. Yeah, and it's funny because Patrick and Austin have both 
just listened to an Easy Allies, no, Game Trailers, who, who the staff later became Easy Allies, um, yeah. video from like 2013 that sums up the story up to that point. And yeah. and even then they were starting to get it. They were they were they were really trying to buy in and be and so Natalie was filling in the gaps because she did she understood more of it and but they Part were of the history. They, yeah, totally. And they were really trying to go with they were buying in, right? To for the for the mm. sake of the podcast. And and it's interesting listening to them trying to debunk and untangle and and comprehend this monumental strange property um but yeah it, you also get that same thing where as soon as a certain topic is brought up and as soon as a certain a certain thing is like oh well, yeah, well we have to explain that and everyone's like well yeah. uh, uh um yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> and people start yeah, making jokes because it's really obtuse and hard to get into it's it's such a weird place for this as a kingdom hearts franchise. fan i've had to do that my entire life yes um, and so i'm uniquely familiar with that and i think it's i think it is I think it's impressive that the game treats everything with the same level of respect. There's stuff that I hate about Kingdom Hearts. There's a bunch of stuff in Kingdom Hearts that is all about like data. And it's like, it's, it's a way to do a tell a side story without affecting or pushing forward the main game. Um, And it's like, can you transfer that? Like basically, can you capture the heart into data? Which is like an interesting premise on its own, but I don't think they do anything really that interesting with it. Um, and they brought that into three and that was from the DS. That was from the, the (laughs) mobile game that then got remade into a DS game. Um, yeah. Right. Like it's like that level of inconsequential in terms of the franchise Mm -hmm. and three still pulls on that narrative thread because Mm -hmm. it treats literally every piece of information of the same level of importance. Yeah. Um, amazingly (laughs) you know like the the thing that we that i've spoken about in the past about like you pressing the names of the online players that played the mobile game yeah yep yep and they're they're one of the many hundreds of thousands of keyblade wielders and you're in the like like, keyblade battlefield you're summoning the power of keyblade wielders of old of Mm. old being anybody that's played the mobile game yeah um like i don't i don't know how they thought of that and then managed to pull off that moment mm-hmm. um very few games could do that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or would even attempt yeah absolutely so do you ever play kingdom hearts and then think what if this was just a final fantasy game <laughs> i have thought about that i genuinely have um because thinking about where you came to the franchise which was like you understood I don't think you'd even played Final Fantasy VII at that point. Um, oh, oh. Yeah, because it came out like maybe six months later. Mm. Um, and like I watched a lot of Disney when I was a kid. You know, like the the thing for me is like when I was a child was like, hey, like, you know, one day we'll go to Disneyland sort of thing. Right, okay. Um, wow. And so then like I knew all of these stories Aside from Tron, <laughs> right? So you knew you knew all of them. That's interesting. I was yeah, talking about that I, I, with like, Sam today, where it's like Sam's like, "Oh, you don't have as much an interest in Disney." I'm like, "Well, no, let's let's you know, not kind of. I I've got some interest because when I was young, I I watched a lot of Aladdin, a lot of Lion mm-hmm. King, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of Beauty and the Beast on repeat. It's that kind of thing where like you're so young and you you watch it so many times that you recognize the sounds of the words that people are making." 
but you don't yeah. know what they're saying because you weren't young enough to like internalize the words, but yeah. you, you know, the sound of the movie, like yes. every, every yeah. sentence. And you only had so many VHSs, right? And yeah, so yeah, yeah. you would watch the same ones over and over again. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I had seen Alice in Wonderland, Tarzan, Beauty and the Beast, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, like all of the all of the princess ones, Pinocchio as well, like all of those. There, there is no world in Kingdom Hearts one that I hadn't seen mm. the the original of. Mm. So I was very familiar with it, and I didn't know what Final Fantasy even was the first time I played it. Yep. Um. And it's interesting because you're you're more interested in parts of Final Fantasy because of this series, right? When um bloody I'm trying to remember her name, the uh, I'm, I'm trying I'm blanking on who Yuffie, the Yuffie, 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 thank you. When Yuffie's DLC comes up, it's like, oh, you know, you get to see Yuffie and you're so excited because of Yuffie's involvement in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. And Cloud well, as well. Kingdom Hearts 2 is the reason I watched Tron when I was 10 yep 1983's tron starring jeff bridges and bruce boxlinger was that a critical success or was it, was it just the there it, it's technical success it was the first film to feature cgi oh right okay yeah um, interesting yeah like it was a, a technical wonder and i think it, like, it got like you know speaking of the Oscars, it got shown off at the Oscars as like a, you know, like, hey, guess what? Like, we've done 3D computer-generated animation and film. This is going to change everything, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and it's like, it's like 10 shots. Altogether, it's like like 600 seconds worth of, like, CGI for the yeah. whole film. And it's like, they repeat it and show it from different angles all the time. Yeah. It's funny, um, I remember um, Corridor did a thing where they were like, we're going to recreate the scenes from Tron in a, in a day. And, and, they, and they did. Because um, yeah. it was that simple. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, um, but yeah, like that then got me to watch Tron and now I love Tron very much. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, like they, uh, Kingdom Hearts did start off very much as like a recognizable fest mm-hmm. kind of sort of way. I, and I don't ever see them including Marvel really, which is wild because now that's what Marvel has since become. I can see them do Star Wars, but again, like, so they had plans for doing a Star Wars world once. Yeah. And it was Clone Wars, which would have made visually language sense. Yeah. And also they would have been able to maybe do something original in there and not mess with anything because it's that weird gray area of like, oh, the Clone Wars begin and then the Clone Wars end and then the movies are on either side and you can kind of do whatever you want in the middle. Yeah. Except have Anakin and Grievous see each other. Yes. So... Yeah, no, that that would have been cool. But it's the kind of thing where it's like when I when I think of Kingdom Hearts and I think of what Disney is now, I immediately, like you just said, think of Marvel and Star Wars. And then mm. I think of Disney Infinity. And then I get very confused. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they try and do some sort of like bring everyone together and ever or or like make capitalize on because Marvel well, they, isn't. They still do that with their with their mobile games. It's all the same thing. It's all like Mister Incredible and Sully and Maleficent mm-hmm. and you know Mulan. Like it, it is still the same thing. It is, yep. it is, and that's you know the video talk, talks to it as well. Like that's Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So then it's like, I don't know, because when you 
when you go to see a Marvel movie, like mm-hmm. each one of them is actually its own movie and it plays into the Marvel universe. You can't yeah. have like if you're going to have an integration, I feel like it would need to be like an Iron Man integration or a or a Captain America integration or like an Avengers integration at a push. Yeah. But even then you're starting to pull from like six movies at once into one like hour and a half world for for a game about the heart. Like and I think somewhere in Disney they hate this, but they cast so well so <laughs> early that suddenly Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. And, yep. you know, they said that forever. Mm-hmm. Everybody said it. Stan Lee said it. Kevin Feige said it. Mm-hmm. But someone at Disney is like, fuck. He's it's, too he's attached. Too good. To, he's, well, he's too attached to the actor. Yeah. So. One of the things that Disney have been doing actively, and I, I'm curious to hear your thought about it, they're trying to Disney princess Luke Skywalker. I, I need you to ex- expound on what that means. They won't fucking recast him. They will never recast Luke Skywalker. Okay, right. Luke Skywalker will be known to the public consciousness, to pop culture at large, forever. And that's why they will never recast him because they don't need an actor because they have Luke Skywalker, the character that is a 3D generated man with an AI generated voice. Yeah. And ghoulish as all hell, but they have exceeded the need for Mark Hamill. Yeah. Luke Luke Skywalker is now a character who, who can be put into roles just like Mickey Mouse and Goofy. Yes. Without having to find someone to replace him. Yeah. They don't need it. They can have Luke Sky. They can have the Disneyland Luke Skywalker show up in whatever they want, and they don't have to pay for shit. Well, they CGI, have to pay Mark Hamill for his likeness, but like, he's not charging much. And also, they'll just keep tweaking it. They'll do the Star Wars Battlefront. It's close to Han Solo, but it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah, you know they'll just keep doing that. They they I could see them going back and editing over. Some actors, I could see that. Oh, that would Disney's be so the vessel weird. for that. De- so De- weird. Star Wars is the vessel for the reduction of actors' ownership. It's such a dystopian sort of concept, isn't it? That sort of like reduction of who is involved and and like what what an actor brings to a performance and stuff like that. Like, it's such yeah, an it's impersonal the- one as well, and it's all about you being invested enough so that you spend more money in their ecosystem. Like, that's what it's all yes. about. It is the, the ultimate commercialization of, of artists. Yeah. It is to, we can make art without the artist. And, um, and you know, I want to be very clear, visual effects artists are artists. Yeah, um, and they put a whole lot of work and time and hours and energy into that. But They put a ton of, and they are not a unionized industry. Yes, yes. That is, that is the reason. The moment they become unionized, things will change. Mm. All the move countries. Ah, <sighs> well, yep. We're very the good few- at ending podcasts on low notes. Yeah, we are. Recently, definitely, it's it's very interesting to see where Kingdom Hearts will be going. Um, and almost mm. impossible to know because Kingdom Hearts no in idea. and of itself is impossible to know. Yes. And 
It's so hu- this is let's let's wrap back around to the very front of the uh, very front of the podcast, Kerry. Let me tell you what Kingdom Hearts is. D- please tell me about like, the Kingdom the, Hearts the, moon, the actual cloud. Yeah. The, the, so all the villains in Kingdom Hearts are always trying to create Kingdom Hearts. In Kingdom Hearts one, the, the villain thought it was with darkness. In Kingdom Hearts it's behind two, the door. The, sort of uh, <laughs> sort of uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2 the organization were trying to do it by collecting people's hearts and then creating Kingdom Hearts which will we don't know and then <laughs> it happens a bunch more times that they keep trying to it's the Death Star they keep trying to remake the fucking Death Star <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 comes along the main villain Xehanort played by initially it was Leonard Nimoy and then he died and then they were played by Rutger Hauer and then he died and it's played by Christopher Lloyd and they make a great joke in the in the video that we watched which was like ooh yeah um, which made me genuinely laugh out loud yeah. um, uh, it's Thirteen darknesses versus seven warriors of light. Once they fight, the keyblade will be forged, and then you'll be able to open Kingdom Hearts. They fail. We don't know what Kingdom Hearts is. <laughs> Kingdom- Dozens of and hours of content, <laughs> like hundreds, hundreds of hours of games, game, gameplay, story. It's the name uh, of the franchise. It's the reason for you to do anything in so many of the games and no one can actually say what it is. And I think... Except that it's the mood behind Cloud. I think that's good, actually. I think that is the ultimate... This is what I mean by when I say Kingdom Hearts is metaphorical. Mm. Like, it's it's a thing that doesn't exist. You can't, you can't reach that. For, because the, the good guys will always win... The light side will always win, but also it's too much of whatever it is that you simply cannot, you you cannot get it. Right. Interesting. Well, I, think I like that. Thank you, unknowable Kingdom Hearts. It's like, it's almost like you've got to have faith in Kingdom Hearts. It's almost like, like God. Kind of. <laughs> could, it could be like that. That's a, that's a valid read. We don't know. The power of light, power of darkness, light, dark, you know, that's oftentimes referred to as, you know, the God and the devil, you know, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Seven, 13, very religious numbers. I, uh, I also like... Numbers surrounded in, in symbolism. I liked Austin and Patrick's take that, uh, that Organization 13 is... Oh, no, who, who created the 20... The 20 warriors, the 20 fragments, and there was the seven of light and the 13 of dark. Uh, what I created, don't remember. What created those 20 things? Someone was saying that whoever created it was like the... War? Pardon? The Keyblade War? Or do you mean like the Master of Masters? Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, like the Master. Yeah. And it was how they were centrists. But they're, and they want to yes. hear both sides. Yes. But then they, yes. they gave the bad guys 13, <laughs> yes. 13 yeah, fragments they, they, and they the good guys the seven. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the old Master and Master, that's all the mobile game stuff. I barely know that stuff. Right, okay. Uh, well, Kingdom Hearts never change. You're, you're going to miss out on so many people, but for the people who are in it, you are, you are everything. Yeah. How unhinged was I? No, you were you were very reasonable. And like I said, it's damn it, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, it's good. I, I like, like I said before, like this is normally done through the lens of like, oh, 20 minutes to talk about the game I've been playing this week. And it's not the game that you've been playing. It's the game I've been playing. And so you get like three sure. minutes to address my concerns. Like it's nice to let you off your leash and to mm. hear it hear what it means to you and hear why it's impressive and hear why it's limited and what its flaws are and why its future is so obscured. It's good to really, really pull that out and figure it out while we're here. I like that. Okay, good. Glad you enjoyed it. I did. I did. I hope everyone else here enjoyed it as well. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We are going to end the podcast now because that's the end of the episode. So we're going to, we're going to do all the things and make and say our goodbyes. Uh, so if you want to see this podcast and where it's come from and where all the other podcasts are, you can go to minimap.com.au or any podcast <laughs> service of your choice. You can find all the episodes there as well as our other podcast, which I mentioned at the start of the episode. Uh, we're on Twitter. So every time a new episode goes up, uh, you get a little, you can follow us and you get a little um, preview of what's in the episode and the link to the website and stuff like that. So that's uh, twitter.com slash minimapau at minimapau for the minimap account we're also there individually um i'm there at kj palmer underscore 24 uh jeremy uh, i am at the keyblade master mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stacking the deck uh mm. and also there was something else i wanted to mention that i realized i didn't quite say at the start uh no it's gone uh if you want to support the show you can do so uh monetarily if you choose to do so on patreon.com slash minimapau uh it's a flat five dollar fee there jeremy did we get the little breakout up onto patreon yet uh no but that can be done in the next that can be done before this goes up yep so we 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 had a we had a long discussion last week if you enjoyed our little disney discussion just then uh in terms of what they're doing with marvel and star wars we had a sort of a a discussion about um because the release of spider-man happened last week and we had a sort of impromptu discussion during the break about what they're going to do with that property and what, and I've, I've forgotten the details, but it was, a, it was a long discussion about what they're going to do with Marvel moving forward and how saturated the, the release schedule well, is going forward. And I mean, it was about Spider-Man, but yeah, it was like Sp- Spider-Man and um, the weaponization and the manipulation of nostalgia. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Catchy title. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want a little breakout, that's up there for you. Uh, Spider manipulation. Spider manipulation, that's good. <laughs> and then aside from that, everyone, that's about it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week is episode 100. And despite what we said earlier, we don't quite have a plan. We're trying to line up June. We'll see if that works out. Otherwise, we'll get June on soon. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll maybe next week's topic can be uh, our favorite parts of doing this together. Maybe that would be a fun little retrospective. I think we did something similar for episode 50, but... I don't know. I might I might revisit that so we can figure I don't that out. I remember that was so long ago. <laughs> We're going to do something next week. There will be something happening. Uh, so look out for that. We'll be here next week. We're looking forward to it. And we hope you join us. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>